I'd like to start by welcoming you to the island of Forsmoria, one of the many mysterious islands to the south of Aldemara. It is known for the diamond fields, a great expanse of glittering stone. Even the plants that grow here seem to shine in the light, and the entire place is blinding if you're careless. And it is a bright, sunny spring day, and it is easy on a bright, sunny spring day to get careless. Ordinarily, Forsmoria is surrounded by a cold and tempestuous sea. Today, everything is still. And at first one might think, how beautiful, a still ocean glittering in the sunlight. But then, of course, one looks closer, as one should, and sees that the banks of this island are choked with abundant seaweed. Thick red-black leaves attached to rubbery stems grow uncontrolled out of the ocean and reach up to grasp at the land. Welcome to Forsmoria. Welcome to the search for Queen Bancotha. I'm your GM cat. With me, we have Nick. Hi. Person's here. I am here. And it is no longer morning, morning, but a different time of day. Hello. And welcome. Hello. And Kathleen is here. Hi. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you all here. This is part two of our project for the Aldemara Historical Society. The Search for Queen Bancotha. And we are playing a game called Monster Care Squad. You can check out our session zero in the previous episode. And it's time to party. You are all on the deck of the Grey Monarch, a medical ship. One outfitted specifically for the pursuit, diagnosis, and treatment of aquatic monsters the kind that range around the southern areas of of Aldemar. It is spring. It is a time when things ought to be growing, and it is normal for things to be growing in spring. But the Grey Monarch is trapped because things have grown too much, which is not normal, even in springtime. The ocean is thick with plankton and seaweed, so thick that it appears green and brown and red in great blotches that extend as far as you can see. There's no blue or gray ocean anywhere in sight. And you knew this might happen. Or rather, you had heard that this had happened, which is why the Grey Monarch is here, approaching the capital city of Forsmori. Because Queen Bancotha is not herself. There is a great monster that roams the chains of islands to the south of Aldemar. She is described as being impossibly beautiful, trailing great translucent fins of pink and green and blue in the ocean. She is bony and pure white, like a skeleton, bleached in the sunlight, even what little has filtered to the bottom. And as she moves through the water, Life follows her. 
the plankton that everything feeds on blooms in her wake. And within days, great schools of fish come to feed the people and the monsters that make this area their home. The very cycle of life and death, it is said, follows in the wake of Queen Bancotha. And the Grey Monarch finds that the ocean is choked with life, and it can barely move. The captain of the Grey Monarch is pacing on the deck. She can do little else. Every so often she reaches up and adjusts her nor'wester, peer out at the sky or at the shine on the horizon that is the island of Forsmoria itself. <sighs> well, ain't gonna be easy from here, she says, and returns to her pacing. How close are we to the shore? You can see the island, and you can see the city. Okay. But definitely, I think, further than a person should swim. I guess what I'm, I'm trying to guess is, like, underwater hazards or whatever, like... Ordinarily, the ocean here is deep and safe. Ordinarily, this region is rich with seafood. And fishing boats come and go freely within the islands in this area. This is a fishing community, or at least it ought to be. Okay. Right now, all anyone's picking up is muck. Binorthan is watching the shoreline, just gazing over her maps, but probably sailed these waters relatively frequently, so it doesn't have to pay too, too much attention. But since there's been reports of overgrowth and strange activity keeping more of an eye than she normally would have to, just in case there's irregularities. So I'd also like to direct everybody to page 19 of the document, because we're in the diagnosis phase. Your job here in Forsmoria is to find out two very important things. What exactly is wrong with Queen Bancotha, and where can she be found? So, Batala's soul is kind of stocky and has sun-weathered skin and is wearing a big woolen cap that you can sort of see uh, sticking out of red curly hair that is part of a very asymmetrical haircut. Nice. Like dyed red, as opposed to the orangey red that people have growing out of their hair. Nice. And is looking about flitting through some books that she's writing in and trying to keep some diagnosis, and she is going to see what she's got. Okay. When you put forward a hypothesis about the monster's condition based on evidence you found, roll plus acuity. 2d6 plus 1. Yeah. That looks like a 7. Okay, on a 7 to 9, that is a success. You get to pick one of the following four things. You either mark a clock segment as successful, gain a session ace, know where the monster is headed next, or learn the name and effects of one of the wounds. Let's learn the name of one of the wounds. Okay. This is a similar effect to the wound called spawning boils. What it normally does is create smaller, twisted versions of the monster. But since ordinarily what Queen Bancotha creates is plant life, plankton, and other things, this is going out of control. 
So this is a form of what's called spawning boils. Ah, mm. uh, you'd think that this would make it easy to follow. Mm. I mean, we're not moving anywhere, but it's just, oh man, you know? Yeah. It's everywhere. Wow. It's hard to know where to go when it's everywhere, if you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No new information. Hmm. I wonder if... Are there, are there, I guess there's other fishing boats out at the moment, are there? Not right now. Ordinarily, there would be. And I think you mentioned your character is from Forzmoria? Um... Or has been here regularly? I don't know if they're necessarily from here, but they have sailed these waters since this is a frequented fishing waters. Okay. Let's say she's been hired as a guide sometimes to bring people to these waters. For okay. Here's something I'm going to do. This isn't a formal part of Monster Care Squad's rules, but I've got four regions that I've kind of created for this session. Mm-hmm. At any point, any one of you can raise your hand and say, I'm from here. And I'm going to basically give you a character race for that okay. when we're in that area. Oh, okay. Sweet. So at any point when I'm describing a region, you can be like, this is my hometown. Okay, cool. One of the very important pillars of Monster Care Squad and something that I think is very beautiful about this game is that the locals know best and the locals have, like, their own medicine. So, like, this isn't a game about you coming into a place from outside with expertise. This is about you coming into a place and learning the local know-how and the local ingredients and using those to help. I like that a lot. I do, too. I, I very much do. Okay. Um... I'm looking at diagnosis moves, pulling a thread so that would allow people to know where the monster was last seen. Okay. And, I mean, you can also right now worry about getting to shore. <laughs> I think if we head to shore, they might be able to point us in the direction of, of where she might be or where she might have gone. Um... Yes. Let's see what the captain has in mind. Huh? Oh, wait, no. No, cat, you're not doing it again. <laughs> you're not doing that voice again. Not everybody is a gremlin. Not everybody is a gremlin, cat. <clears throat> yeah, what's up? Hello, captain. Um, once we dock to the shore, perhaps we should talk to the locals and mm-hmm. we'll ask around to see if they have any recent monster sightings. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, well, this is a terrible voice. Oh, well, it's dead. It's where I am. It's Gremlin Cat, but with more... With more sea dog in it. Um, uh, the, <laughs> the women of the sea, they've got that vocal fry. <laughs> Very bad. Yeah. It's all the salty air. Gets really gets into the vocal cords. <laughs> it's just what I talk like. Oh, horrible. Horrible. Um, well, if you're feeling tough, we can take a rowboat. Hey, Boz, you ever seen spawning boils like this? I think at this point, Boz is sort of like roped to the side of the ship and is like sifting through the seaweed with some sort of hooked knife. And Sal is just sitting there uh, in the seaweed helping. Very good. I'm glad that you've decided to give us regular updates on what Sal is doing because I think it's mandatory. (laughs) 
I think one of the diagnosis moves then that Bazu is currently doing is in harm's way because one, he's hanging off the side of a ship. He's roped there, but you know, and he's just kind of like hacking at and picking his way through the seaweed. Okay, navigate a dangerous environment or situation in search of information, roll plus grit. We will roll plus grit, which he has at zero, so 2d6. For a total of three. Total of three? That is not a success. Let's see, what do we do with In Harm's Way on a failure? You know what? I'm going to say that you fall in. Uh, Sal, Sal, give me a hand here, Sal. Ah. And I think Sal kind of lands on the water right kind of next to you. And yeah, make me a grit roll. I got an eight on that one. Yeah. Eight's enough of a success to reach up out of the water, grab your floating friend, and... Uh, let's, let's, let's get us back on board, Sal. I think, I think I found all that I can down here. Yeah. And I mean, Sal's a mount. Sal's definitely strong enough to pick you up, so... Sal spreads their magnificent, enormous wings and flaps up. You're both just dripping in brightly colored seaweed. But Sal drops you back on the deck and gives you kind of an affectionate and concerned headbutt. Yes, yes, I know. I'll wear the rig next time. I didn't think the water's running to be that choppy with all this stuff. Benorthan wordlessly hands a towel from her bag. <laughs> she always has a big bag with her. Thank, thank you. Uh, Vitella grabs one of the pieces of seaweed off of Boz's shoulder and, like, sort of takes a tentative bite, sort of grimaces. Uh, well, it doesn't taste sick. There's just too much of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm going to go get changed. Good idea. Um, uh, I'll get the boat ready. Let's go ashore, crew. I'll wait here. Someone's got to stay with the ship. So, boss has changed. Everybody is in the rowboat. And here's what I would like. Who's the strongest? Hmm. I know it's not uh, Benorthan or Batella because you two have identical stat distributions. Mm-hmm. You do indeed. Pro- <laughs> it's probably Bazu then who has plus one to force. It sounds like it's Basu. <laughs> Batella did take weight training, so she is strong. Okay. Well, that actually, it, it actually might be her then, because Bazu is just forceful and good at climbing. Bazu is very good at moving himself around. Um, either of you, because if you have a relevant background, you add plus one to the roll? So Bazu and Batella then are the same in this situation. Yeah. Okay. I think I might ask both of you then to roll me plus force, please. Oh, a 12. That's extremely good. <laughs> okay, so it is not easy to row through this dense, overgrown ocean. But this is a rowing machine. <laughs> <laughs> and Patella has extremely well-developed back and delts. From weight training. Never skips back day. This is why. Mm-hmm. As you row your boat toward the city of Forsmoria, you see a brightly colored ocean in vivid green and red and purple. Really every color except the gray-blue you've come to expect. 
you can see blooms on the ocean floor beneath you. Well, you can't see to the ocean floor beneath you, but you can see great waving anemones that must be at least like six to ten feet tall to be visible at this point. You can see bright, bright spots in the seaweed. And you can see fish, many of them, in every color you can imagine, shining in the bright daylight, happily going about their business, darting from shadow to shadow in their newfound jungle. Northen wordlessly hands out sunglasses. <laughs> Actually, good. Um. So the pack rat ability... Oh, yeah. Okay. No, if you're using your pack rat ability, then yeah, spend one of your charges of pack rat. I will say that Sal absolutely has big bird goggles. Yeah, they do. Yes, like giant cat eye style. Yeah. So um, you can also get this for free if you use your I'm from here. Because as you make it to the docks, you see that everyone in Forsmoria is wearing goggles. Some of them are simple bone, like, slit goggles. Some of them are made of tinted glass, but everyone is wearing eye protection. I think I'm going to save the I'm from here. I'll use my pack rat. Yeah. Okay. The island is shiny. The diamond fields of Forsmoria can be seen even from here. There's a bright spot on the horizon like the sun melted onto the ground. And... Everybody here knows to wear eye protection. You know what? I think I am going to use, because I'm thinking about it. And I mean, the fact that I'm like, yeah, I sail here a lot. It's kind of a cheap out. I'm going to say yes, I am from here. Okay. You're from Forsmoria. I know Forsmoria and that's what got me into sailing is being from a fishing community. Yeah. Which means, you know, that when you're on the largest island in this area, you need shades. Yes. Uh, Northen, uh, uh, is there an etiquette about uh, tying up here or? Uh... It's usually best to wait till the the dock masters um, will will wave in people to um, empty guest docks. Um, they keep an eye on that. All right. Okay. So uh, we wait then. Yeah. There's a dock master. And as you get closer, you can see that this person looks absolutely befuddled by the fact that you've rode through this <laughs> and kind of waves you in and shows you a place where you can moor the, the little boat. But Northen nods silently. Hey, thank you, sibling. Uh, my name's Batella Sol. Uh, we're over here on, uh, we're over here on the Grey Monarch, seeing if, uh, we can uh, help out at all with the queen. Oh, you doctors. Yeah. Well, well welcome to Forsmoria. Uh, as you can see, uh, we're not getting a lot of guests right now. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine, huh? It is. It's a little rough. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm glad to see you. Um, welcome. <laughs> uh, thanks. It's nice to see you again. Oh, Ben Northen. How have your studies been? You're a full-fledged doctor now, huh? I, I am indeed. Um, oh, great. Thank you. I house, you know, 
I, it seems that it's a lot quieter here than usual. Um, mm. our, I hope things are still relatively okay. Otherwise? I mean, we've got plenty to eat, but uh, it's, uh, it's harder to get <laughs> than we're used to. Mm. I definitely haven't had as many calls for charters through here as I usually do in this season. Mm. And you still make that fish pie you make? You know it. You like it spicy, right? Of course. Mmm. All right, well, I know what the four of us are going to have tonight. Benorthan, you've been holding out on us. Mmm. Mm. Oh? I haven't made it for them yet. Shh. Okay, well, no, all right. And the harbor master like, raises their hands, like, okay, all right, okay. I'll step back from this. Okay, none of you will be able to watch me. There's a secret ingredient. You know, and, and I, I know you know this. <laughs> I know you know my habits. Batella casts a sort of meaningful look at Boz and then at Sal. <laughs> no, that's not a seabird noise. That's a land bird noise. So you are in Forsmoria. Or one of you is back in Forsmoria. A little bright, but a nice place. Ah, <sighs> it's great to be back, but I do wish it was under different circumstances. Does this place have, like, more hotels, or is it more people kind of stay with locals, or...? There are actually two cities on this island. Um, the fishing city that you are in, the capital of Forsmoria. But there's also on the other side of the island just, like, swaths of shining white beaches that are very popular for vacation spots. Oh, okay. So you're on kind of the business side of the island, but the party side of the island do exist. <laughs> okay. There are hotels here. I wouldn't describe any of them particularly as like five star, but that's a question. Are you from the business or the party? <laughs> you know, <laughs> party side, you know, you know it. Okay. <laughs> so you grew up on the other side of the island then? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't really have accommodation on this side is because. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. You could have been a hotel chef and instead became a monster doctor. Yeah, I, like, started being, like, a chef, also, like, got into chartering boats, and then was like, you know what? I'm going to help the monsters. We're going to call that city Pearl Beach. Sound nice. And this one is just called Forsmoria. Called, sorry? The same thing as the island is called, Forsmoria. And there's a city on the other side called Pearl Beach, where our friend Benorthen is from. So, would anybody like to make a move? Or would anybody like to continue to explore the city of Forsmoria? Uh, yeah, actually. Because Bazu is an apothecary, he is going to collect some of the seaweed that's been dripping on him. Or I guess that we've collected and motioned to the group that uh, I need to pick up a couple of things from uh, the local apothecary and get to work on figuring out what's going on here. Shouldn't take me that long, but... Sal, make, make sure that everybody's doing okay while I'm in the lab. Sal squawks. Yeah, that is going to be a here's what I got. Okay. So you found some evidence. Give me an acuity roll, please. This is using the old apothecary set to take a look and find some. So you're adding an additional plus one, or are you actually, like, using the ace? I'm just using the plus one. Okay. So roll acuity plus one. Uh, that's another three. Okay, you've got no clue. It's seaweed. 
It's uh-huh. seaweed. You you found the seaweed. It is edible. Some varieties are more edible than others. The red stuff is particularly nutritious. Probably makes a nice salad, but it's got a weird fishy taste as seaweed sometimes do. It's seaweed. It's seaweed. <laughs> Sal quit eating the seaweed. You know, actually, you know what? Never mind. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's good food. <laughs> Sal's a seabird. Sal will eat anything. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that Batella is still talking with the harbor master a little bit and is gonna roll, pull a thread. Okay. And sort of the conversation goes, Ah, uh, so like, I I guess I'm just gonna play the out-of-town doctor shtick. Um... What can you tell me about the queen? I mean, like, I I did my research, but uh, locals know best, you know? Yeah. So give me an allure roll, please. Oh, an eight plus one is a nine. Okay. So you can pick either you know where the monster was last seen, you know where to find a survivor of the monster's last attack, you know the site of the monster's most recent rampage, or you know where the monster used to nest before it went berserk. Let's hear about the nesting grounds. Alrighty. This is a little bit difficult because Queen Bankotha is uh, migratory. Right. She wanders around the Southern Oceans and typically steers clear of people. Not because she doesn't like them or anything, but just because she tends to make things complicated for them. (laughs) However, before she got sick, she very regularly spent time in a place called Underdranka, a nearby island. It is actually an enormous stone spire growing out of the seafloor, filled with huge channels, large enough for Queen Bankotha to swim through and under. Underdranka is inhabited, but because the sea there is usually very, very full of life. Not as many people come and go from under Drenka as Forsmoria. Just hard to navigate? Yeah. It's a challenging area to navigate, but it's inhabited. Mm-hmm. And that's where the queen spent a lot of her time when she wasn't migrating in that area. Kind of like a winter home, maybe. Or mm-hmm. as whales will sometimes do, spend some residency. Exactly. Um, I'm also going to pull a thread to know where the monster was last seen as well. Okay, well, roll me plus allure, please. Uh, I got an eight. You got an eight. Okay, so you want to know where the monster was last seen? Okay. The last time Queen Bankotha was seen, she was rounding the cape that is the city of Forsmoria. She was extremely close to the city, which is unlike her. And she was heading southward which means she's either headed to Achochia or under Drenka, both of which are south of here. And I noticed here it says with a seven to nine, the information is flawed. So something like... Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, don't worry. Let me worry about that. <laughs> don't worry about it. I, I have nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry. <laughs> yeah. Let me worry about that. <laughs> uh, hmm. We know the nesting grounds and her path. Perhaps we could gather a team to to check out both locations. Uh, not the worst idea. Um, 
Hey, Boz, you got anything? Uh, Sal keeps eating the finished product, so no. Uh, there's more of it. Sorry, though. That's not for you. Give give that back. Sal doesn't seem sorry at all. <laughs> Sal doesn't seem the least bit sorry. Sal don't give. No cares. Well, then, uh, I don't want to roll all the way south. And Batella kind of, like, does a little bit of self-massage at her shoulders. Perhaps we'll check out the nesting grounds first, since they're much closer. Once we get a bit of rest, relax a little bit. What time of day is it? It is early in the day, I think. We still have time during the day to explore the nesting grounds. Awesome. Harbormaster lets you know a couple things. Um, first of all, uh, Forsmoria is uh, struggling a little bit right now because these are commercial fishermen <laughs> and commercial amounts of fishing are not really uh, feasible right now. And nobody can take their boats out. It's a whole mess. There was actually a full-scale, like, attack at Pearl Beach Ooh. where there was some damage dealt. And, yeah, the last place she was seen was headed south. You... There was an attack on Pearl Beach. Yeah. Everyone's okay, but it's... Good. It's not great. It's... Thank you. It's so lovely to see you again. I do wish it was under better circumstances. Yeah, hey, once you you get the queen sorted out, come on back, huh? And I, I owe you that pie, for sure. For sure. Please. I've been trying to describe it to the kids, and they don't believe me. <sighs> they, you know, just, they never believe adults, do they? Right? No. No. But that's the great thing about kids. <laughs> they always got to see for themselves. Yeah. They're, they're like little scientists. It's good. Mm-hmm. But can be frustrating. But good. But frustrating. You're telling me. <laughs> Say hi to say hi to everyone. Give them my well wishes. Of course, of course. You know where to find me if you need anything. Will do. Is everyone okay if we check on Pearl Beach before we set out to the nesting grounds? And like I said, I'm not in a hurry to roll to be rowing anywhere. All right. Yes. Okay. Good. It will give your arms a chance to relax, and I can <clears throat> check in with everybody and. See how they're doing. I'm glad everyone's okay, but yeah, um, it would it would definitely help to to see everyone. And Benorthan kind of gives a couple glances off to the side, trying to hide her worry, but not doing the best job of it. Yeah, hopefully we can find something more to give us a better thought of what's going on here that somebody won't eat. Not naming names. <laughs> <laughs> Sal gives an indignant flap. <laughs> yeah, it's very cute. Maybe Sal's just doing, you know, research of his own. Okay. <laughs> oh, I can't say Sal's not an Epicurean. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate that. My next question is, how are you getting to the other side of the island? Just going to walk it? How far of a walk would it be? barely drew a map. Hmm. Um, let's say it would take most of the day, so you'd arrive after dinner time. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Could we make a deal to hire or catch a ride with some manner of something that walks a little bit faster than us? Like a fantasy horse mm-hmm. or a giant lizard. Ooh, <laughs> I like giant lizards. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna hold one. And you encounter a merchant who has got a I mean a horse drawn carriage. Large bird drawn carriage. <gasps> Ooh, that would be good. Large flightless bird drawn carriage. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's not a chiboko. It's a different thing. <laughs> it's not it's not yellow. It's not a chiboko. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I promise I can pronounce chocobo. <laughs> I just <laughs> I'm just doing that thing I do. Uh, so, it's blue. Hmm? It's blue. It's blue in color. It's indigenous to this area, so it's got a peculiar shine to it. Its feathers are all iridescent and glimmering. Shorter neck than you would expect for a big flightless bird. Yeah. Yeah. Built kind of more like a prehistoric elephant bird necessarily than like a like an ostrich. A stout neck and a big thick beak. Oh, that's a that's a chiboko. But <laughs> <laughs> never mind. It's a blue. It's a blue one. So it can go on rivers. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you see, this merchant has got a cart. Like it's loaded up with ice. It's loaded up with fish. There's barrels of salt fish, and everything is great. Except for the fact that, um, you know what? The birds that are supposed to be pulling this are misbehaving. They're splashing around in the water. They're eating the seaweed. They're having a grand old time, and it's impossible to get them to pull this cart. (laughs) Excellent. So if you want to make a deal, we have to address this. Come on, you. Come on, you two. Get. No, get. No, stop that. Give me, come, no. Uh. Oh, water players. Ah, they're so headstrong. Oh, you're telling me. She's not particularly old, maybe like uh, 18. Got her hair bound up in an elaborate bun, but plain clothes. And uh, we're going to say bone shades, like the kind that have the slit in them. Uh, hey, hey, pardon. Um, Are you heading over to, uh, to Pearl Beach? Yeah, I was supposed to make a delivery, but I can't get these. Uh, they're all freaked out by what's going on. Mm. Mm. Say, we're heading that way too. If if we help you get your um get your friends under control, could could we get a lift? Yeah, yeah. Why not? I could use the help, and we've got space. All right. Now oh, you two are in for it now. <laughs> uh. Everybody back me up here. Sal, let's uh, let's bully these birds back into the saddle. Yeah. And so, like, Sal wades out to where the birds are, and you can kind of hear them making noises at each other. They must be talking, you think, but it's hard to understand them because they're birds. <laughs> and Sal spreads his huge wings at them. Of course, Sal has enormous muscular wings capable of carrying a person. And these are flightless birds, so they have littler, fluffier, stumpier wings. But those wings are capable of very big, huge gestures. And they're very fluffy and expressive. 
Yeah, I imagine Sal is not being like especially aggressive, but you know maybe some nips to get them back in line, corralling them. Yeah, I think eventually Sal persuades them to go back up on land, although they do still have mouthfuls of seaweed, which they're very excited about. Hey, you like that, do you? You like this junk? Well, ordinarily I'd be thrilled, but you two need to get back to work. And the merchant kind of gets them tied to the wagon. I think if we hang these here, we can dry the seaweed. And if I add a little bit of the salt, I can make little seaweed snacks for them. Be a great little road snack they could have. Yeah. Would you two like treats? Help me get these nice people to the beach. Come on. Jerks. Okay. So, you have three choices. You can mark one clock segment as successful. Gain a session ace or gain plus one supply. Hmm. I think we should mark a clock segment because we haven't done that yet. You've not done that yet. I like that idea. And we're not done the diagnosis phase until you do that multiple times. So how many? Oh, yeah. We don't know the exact number, right? I've decided not to tell you. Yeah. Which I like because I mean, yeah. Okay. So you guys make your way to Pearl Beach. As you drive past the diamond plains, you can see just great spires of crystalline rocks jutting out of the ground and catching the sunlight. If you weren't wearing shades, this would be excruciating. There are trees, but rather than casting shade, their leaves faintly shine. Casting anti-shade doesn't quite seem fair. Doesn't quite seem right. But welcome to Forsmoria. <laughs> this place is aggressive. Once you get used to it, you, you come to like the shine of it. It lulls you to sleep when you are tired and wakes you up when you are awake. Mm-hmm. Then eventually you make it to the peaceful resort town of Pearl Beach. Pearl Beach has a broad, vaguely shining white beach. Equal parts, coral pieces, normal silica sand, and pulverized crystals from the interior of the island. Here there are great hotels. There are restaurants. Ordinarily there is a thriving boardwalk, but the boardwalk is uh, in pieces right now. There's smoke coming from a particular area of the waterfront, and everything is quiet. Wow, that is rough. It's normally... Not like this. <sighs> Perhaps if we head to the hotel, I can meet up with people there. Some of my good friends are usually there, and we can see if we can get more information on what happened. Looks like the pier's been destroyed, at least. Oh. I think Benorthan's going to use um, pull a thread to get more information on the last attack. Sure. All right. Oh, not a great roll. Eight. <laughs> no, eight is a success. You choose one of the following. You either know where the monster was last seen. You know where to find a survivor of the attack. You know the site of the most recent rampage. I don't think I'm going to offer you that because you can see it. Mm -hmm. Or you know where the monster used to nest. Um, I think I know where to find a survivor of the attack. Okay, yeah. Uh, you see a demolished restaurant that belongs to somebody you know, and you know where they live, so you should be able to find them, yeah. Oh, it looks like 
Their restaurant is... Their home's a little bit further from the beach, so it should be okay. It's just not too far this way. And Benorthan heads to the home. When you when you get to the home, you find uh, your friend, a restaurateur, kind of a, an older lady. She's uh, sitting at home, kind of bustling around. She lives on her own, so she's mostly just, it seems, fussing. Oh, goodness, look who comes back. Bid Northen. Bid Northen nods silently, and it's, it's lovely to see you again. Um, I saw what, what happened out yeah. the, on the coast. I don't know what's wrong with her. It's not like her to be violent. I didn't even know she could. No, she's always been good to she's always been good to us. Mm. I'm glad you're okay. Oh. I I had heard from the harbor master that the attack had happened, but everyone's fortunately okay, so that's that's at least a relief. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's all right. Um it was the weirdest thing. Yeah? Yeah, these weird red crystals kind of fell down from above. Huh. And just everywhere. It's weird, and it was terrifying. I bet. Wow. Again, it didn't seem like her, but we could see her. All sorts of thing happens if there's false gold going on, but... Yeah. Ooh. The crystals looked like they fell, like, from the sky? Yeah. Oh. Are they still around anywhere? Most of them popped. Hmm. Did you did you see what happened when they popped? Like, did they just kind of shatter into very, very fine pieces? Or? No, no, they had, a like, a force to them. Like, a that's That's what got the, the rest wrong. Oh, like... They explode. I'm sorry. Uh, I uh, don't have the best way of going about this, but, uh, like, has there been any big changes or stuff going on recently? Like, it was just this season. When winter ended, we were expecting a little bit of a bloom, but not this much. Yeah. It's normal for her to come visit us in the spring, but winter was perfectly normal. Hmm. I don't know. They might know more on Underdranka. I don't know. Whatever happened must have happened during the turn of the season. At least that's my guess. Maybe. I'll, I'll be all right. Um, I'll help you... Once, once we get, uh, once we, we fix the queen, I'll, I'll be back and I can help, uh, rebuild the harbor. Oh, yeah. that would be real sweet of you. We'll, 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 we'll get set up again. And, um, yeah. Yes. Hey, hey, B. Northen, I, sorry, I know we've had this argument, but we don't fix the monsters. They fix themselves. Our job is to help. I mean... You know, that, that, that is true. I, I know you've... You have told me about how, how it's giving them the tools to... Mm. 
Northen kind of like gazes off, trails off in thought. Yeah, no, it's it's like when uh, Harney uh, tells me to do something and I don't. <laughs> exactly like that. It's nice to be direct when you can, but sometimes you need a lighter touch. <laughs> so, now my question is, what are we going to do regarding this diagnosis phase we're in? I would like to roll here's what I got and add monster sociology. Okay. To see if there's anything that Queen Benkotha might be upset about. That is a seven. Okay. So you can mark a clock segment as successful, gain a session ace, know where she's headed, or learn the name of effects of another wound. Um, let's learn about another wound. Okay. Um, a well-known effect of the, the false gold is a wound called blood crystals. Mm. And there are these weird explosive discharge. <sighs> You're pretty sure that if you go to the scene, you'll find blood there in the crystal shards. I mean, blood crystals are generally when somebody's in a lot of pain, right? Oh, yeah. It is an extremely painful condition. I'm also going to use here's what I got because okay. um, she described that it happened at the turn of the season. Um, I was going to perhaps use my knowledge of the navigation of the area to see if I have any knowledge of like hazards or things that could have caused her to get hurt or that kind of thing, if that makes sense. She has a condition, like, there's a plague going around the monsters of Aldemura called the False Gold. Mm -hmm. So you're, like, it, it comes in various forms, but you're pretty sure that's what's caused this. Okay, no, I, I guess I guess I was just thinking, like, if if we could kind of, like, pinpoint when she got it or, like... Okay, just roll me some dice. Uh, eight. Eight is a success. So you can mark a clock segment as successful, gain a session ace... Know where she's headed or learn the name of and effects of another wound? I think I'll mark a clock segment. Okay. So it is normal for Queen Bancotha in her migrations to weave around this chain of islands. And Forsmoria is the northernmost of them. She typically spends her winters further south. It is rumored that there are other monsters like Queen Bancotha that she spends her winters with. Oh. These are rumors. Queen Bancotha is the one we know, but it's rumored that in the infinite ocean, there are more of them. Okay. And that might be how she got it transmitted. Yeah. Because um, this is, I guess, just an aside, but the rules don't, like the rules let you, are, are flexible with how the, how the poison like, it doesn't really necessarily state how the poison... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Batella kind of offers Sal a scratch and goes, Hey, uh, Bazu, you got anything about... I don't know. What do you think? Oh, you're the smart one. Well, I think if we can get some blood samples, I might be able to learn a little bit more from that sounds like that's what's going on, so it might take me a little bit to poke through all, uh, to poke through the pier and some of the buildings, but that should really help us get a, a bead on where we should go from here. OK. 
Okay. So let's go to the pier then. Let's go to the pier and I would like everyone to roll something. Tell me what you're rolling and how exactly you're using that to search for the physical evidence that Bazu needs. Bazu is going to be rolling grit. He's just going to get in there and like poke around and scrape around. He's just, he's getting his hand dirty. Give me a roll. That's an eight. Eight is good. What about the rest of you? Benorthan is going to be rolling acuity since she's familiar with this speech. Okay. Batella is going to roll fine to help pick through and sort through things and try to find little crystals. Love that. Give me some results, please. I got seven. <laughs> and six from Batella, who's not having any luck. Let's start with Bazu. What Bazu finds is a smear of purplish blood flecked with tiny shards of crystal. It's on the boardwalk. Bazu is definitely going to be a, be wearing the slingline rig because that's that's the work clothes. And so he's going to be scraping uh, little samples into uh, some vials and tubes and stuff on his belt. Okay. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to mark off our last diagnosis clock because what Batella finds is a whole crystal. It is about the length of the hand. And we're going to say um, cucumber thick. Okay. Cucumber thick hand long. So like a red rock pickle. <laughs> it's roughly pickle sized. Yeah. It's roughly pickle sized, except that it is a dark red purple in color. And the inside of it seems to swirl and weirdly bubble. Be careful around that, Patella. Uh, we don't want to be that close to it if it decides to go off. Ah. <laughs> ah, let's back off. How, how do we contain it? And just as soon as you ask that, the bubbling picks up inside the crystal. You can see foamy trails moving through the liquid up toward the surface. And the crystal begins to vibrate slightly in your hand. Uh, get rid of it. Batella is going to do like a hand grenade protocol and run away and hit the deck. Okay. Running away, hitting the deck, this last crystal detonates. The first thing you hear is a chime, like, like wind chimes, just a collection of delicate, musical little pinging noises. And then you hear a shattering, like an extremely large glass object falling to the ground. Not like a cup, but like a statue. You ever smashed a glass statue? Sounds like that. Of course. Oh, look, I'm trying to jam. <laughs> <laughs> and a section of the boardwalk is obliterated, smeared in purple blood. There are splinters sticking out of the ground. There's sawdust falling from the air. And everything smells of iron and seaweed. Well, at least we've got fresh samples. Ah, there you go, looking on the bright side. Whoa, yikes. Okay, and that is actually the end of the clock. <gasps> Ooh. Okay, when the clock is full and it's time to move on, check the clock. 
More than one segment is marked off. Roll plus successful segments. So I would like someone in the party to roll me two dice and add plus two. Kirsten, how about you, Dad? You've been rolling hot. I have been rolling not. All right. <laughs> okay, 2d6? 2d6 plus two. Uh, seven. Seven. Okay, you can choose either to gain a critical ace, which gives plus 1d8 instead of 1d4, or you can choose to ask me one question about the cure. Oh. All right, team. Do we want a question or an ace? An ace we can save, but a question might direct us. I'm pro-question generally. Yeah, you know what? Let's go with question. That sounds good. Now, the question is, what is our question? You can ask me one question about what it will take to cure the queen. Oh, uh, maybe if we ask, I mean, maybe this is too big of a question, but like... I'm not going to be a genie. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you guys think about asking about the ingredients we need? Uh, yeah, I say go for it. That could work. But tell us bias is what is the queen upset about? Because with the false gold, it's not just like the physical sickness. There's always something else going on. But on the other hand, both of y'all are interested in the physical sickness. I don't want to get away in the way of that. Okay. You're from Forsmoria, and you know a local cure for this. It includes pounded seashells, finely pounded seashells. It includes an herb that grows on the neighboring island of Achiochia. And it requires... A particular mineral, which is actually mined in Underdranka. All right. Those are your three ingredients. So we know the three, three ingredients to help alleviate the symptoms, I guess, at least. Mm-hmm. And then we can apply that and then hopefully work with the underlying cause as well. All right. All right. That's interesting, actually. I know, yeah, how like... It's sort of, uh, we have sort of the two schools of like, Kathleen, yours is almost, like you said, more like about not just the symptoms, but the underlying deeper root of the issue. And then Nick and I are like, oh, what are the physical symptoms? Like it's. Yeah. Actually, now that we've, we've finished our diagnosis phase. So what you decide to do next is going to be your next phase. You know what? Let's do memory time. Hmm. Yeah. Let's do memory time. Real talk for a second. Kirsten, what you're mentioning, I think, is a interesting and important medical philosophy. And in the fantasy, one of the reasons why there would be teams of specialists. That's exactly right. Oh, my gosh. Yes, of course, because we would all come with different... Um, different expertise and different schools of thought, because there's not going to be just one school of thought, just like in real life, right? And Blake, Mm -hmm. if we're going to go medical philosophy, you treat the whole patient, not just the symptoms or not just one thing. Like, And you can't treat the underlying cause without also alleviating symptoms. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. Huh. Mm Mm-hmm. We are a good team. We're a good team. I will say I really like this weird shiny land where (laughs) it's kind of like snow blindness, but without being snow. Yeah. Yeah. I get the feeling that the place looks like it would be covered in snow, but it's not. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I enjoyed the world building. Yay. I like your fantasy creatures. It's a, it has a very vivid imagery to it. I dig it a lot. My memory is the clock system. It actually really works super nicely for pacing and makes the phases feel real. Like, I really like the way they've built the different phases. I think it yeah. really lends itself well for the style of, you know, being uh, doctors for monsters and the steps that you would take to... yeah. Help them feel better. Uh, like Blades in the Dark, which is another game that I just love from a design perspective, has a lot of clock systems and counter systems. So I suppose that's another like thing that's going on in the RPG scene right now. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure I'm running this exactly correctly, but I'm. I'm doing my darndest. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be doing my darndest with y'all next week as we embark on the synthesis phase. Yeah, so join us then. We'll be putting it all together. We'll be loving it when a plan comes together. (laughs) Thank you for playing with me, everybody. Thank you at home for listening. You can find us on Twitter at PeachGardenRPGs or on our website at PeachGardenGames.com. And you can find the creators of Monster Care Squad at SandyPugGames on Twitter or sandypuggames.com. Like the dog, but it's it's got sand on it. <laughs> Aww, that's cute. <laughs> and we'll catch you next time, yeah, listener. See you next time, everybody. Bye. Thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. Hi, are you a fan of the Persona video games? What about post-apocalyptic worlds with desperate people drawn together for a common good? How about all the drama and excitement and heartbreak that happens in college? If you like the sound of any of these things, you'll like Memento Mori, a TTRPG podcast based loosely on the Persona universe. We've got some big stories to tell, with plenty of humor thrown in the mix. So come join Nat, Dante, Eli, and House as they balance on the thin line between the mysterious dream world that lurks below their college campus and the real lives they're desperately trying to build. I'll see you there!